welcome to BYOC. I am author Nolan and this is... I'm author Laura Kemp, and this this is the other way, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I never can get that right. We never know. We never get our Brady Bunch right. This is Zibby Owens. Zibby, we are so glad that you are able to join us today. We've been looking forward to this for quite some time. So thank you so much for carving out part of your day for us today. Um, We're going to let you go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, If it gets noisy here, I'm going to meet myself and go inside. But I'm in Hawaii and I'm enjoying the palm trees and the breeze today. So I'm going to sit out here and do the Hawaii thing while you guys are in the car. I'm going to just enjoy watching you do the Hawaii thing because uh, that takes me out of New York City for a minute. <laughs> the cold is yeah, great. We'll here. Give you 30 minutes of warmth today. Thank you. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, thank you so, so much. Me, yeah, introduce yourself to folks. Let them know who you are, what you got going on. Okay. Okay. Um, thank you, Nola and Laura. Uh, I am Zibby Owens, and I am the podcast host and creator of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, which is a daily literary podcast that I launched in. March of 2018 and has been daily seven days a week since the pandemic started. And at some point I'm going to cut back, um, hopefully in June to five days, but we'll see. Uh, Since I started the podcast, I've also launched a lot of other things. I've come out with two anthologies, Moms Don't Have Time To and Moms Don't Have Time To Have Kids. I have a children's book, Princess Charming, coming out and a memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature coming out July 1st. I've started an essay platform called Moms Don't Have Time to Write for anybody who feels like writing a personal essay. Um, we have Moms Don't Have Time to Grieve on Instagram. I started a publishing company called Zibby Books, where we publish 12 books of fiction and memoir a year, starting in January of 2023. Um, I've done, done other things like start the Zibby Awards to celebrate the under-celebrated parts of books, like most creative spine and things like that. Um, <laughs> and um, what else? I also had moms don't have time to lose weight. I also host a podcast called Sex Talk with Zivian and Tracy with anonymously sourced questions from listeners on sex. You could go to sextalkpod.com to enter questions and the sex therapist Tracy answers them and I basically blush and laugh while she answers. <laughs> and um yeah. So those are some of the things I do. And I have four kids of my own, which is what I really do. And a husband and I just, you know, don't sleep much, but try to do my best. So that's what I'm doing. That was my next question for you is when do you sleep? <laughs> yeah. How do you? Well, also, um, I write the Good Morning America column once a month for the books that um, I think are like the best books of the month. And I also do weekly columns for Katie Kirk Media. When do I sleep? I do sleep um, not well anymore, but, you know, I'm middle aged. So maybe that comes with the territory anyway. I might as well, you know, monetize <laughs> it. Um, I, I do have every other long weekend off because I'm divorced and remarried. So that is my secret sauce to accomplish basically everything because I catch up on sleep. I slept till 11 o'clock this Saturday. Um, I, yeah, I read a lot. I write a lot and um, I catch up on emails. So if I didn't have those, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> so I'm also, I'm sorry, just, yeah. just a second. I've, I had weekends like that too, Zibby. And then last weekend, my, my kids decided that they weren't going to go to their dads anymore. And I was like, you know, I've always kind of wanted that. But then I was like, oh, when am I going to do get anything <laughs> done? When am I going to write? So I totally understand the, the value of those, yeah. those weekends. So I'm glad that you still have Mine yours. are older. I, I honestly think, yeah, I thought it was going to be better when they got older. And now it's like, 
now there's big things that we're dealing with. Like, you know, I'm, we're planning a wedding. <laughs> I mean, my son's That's getting exciting. married in May. So we've got you know, wedding stuff here. We've got now internships that they're trying to get for over the summer and like all of these things, conversations going back and forth. And you're just like, oh my God, what is, <laughs> what is happening stuff. here? Big kids. Big kids stuff. stuff. Big kids yeah. stuff. So it's, not, it's, it's just, still hard yeah. and it's still consuming. Yes. It's just a different stage. Um, mm -hmm. it's kids which is why i love your moms don't have time to series yeah. i mean all of these things i think every mom can relate to that um why why now why was that something that you wanted to do now um well it was something i wanted to do a couple of years ago <laughs> and now it just keeps growing um it started with writing. I've always loved to write. And when I got divorced about six or seven years ago, um, I suddenly had all this extra time and I could go back to reading and I could go back to writing. And I, when I had my kids, I was really frustrated because I wanted to spend time with them because I had limited time. And yet I was on the computer so much doing all the stuff for the kids. And I was just like, this is impossible. I'm like the just so it all kind of started with my frustration at the demands on mo modern motherhood. That's where it all started and it all came from. Um, I also come at this from a place of of loss. I've lost a lot of people in my life, and um, my best friend died on 9/11, um, oh, who no. had been my roommate. Uh, and um, you know, I went from living with someone, being best friends with them, to having her like disappear, and that was the beginning of many losses for me um, up until the pandemic where I lost my mother-in-law and grandmother-in-law and had to go through that with my husband um, who obviously was really affected and I was like a bystander. But um, the the spin on the time element is also that I realize how, sh how little time we all have. So can we somehow do the things we need to do while taking advantage of the time we have? So my brand is sort of a play on that and trying to find the sense of humor and the commiseration and the impossibility of doing that effectively by doing it together and trying to laugh about it as we go. So that's where it came from. I love the, the doing it together part and understanding that there are other people out there that have that similar experience and then trying to find the humor in it because you get to a certain point where what can you do but laugh yeah. and laugh it feels good absolutely both. but it, it it does help to know that there are other people out there who feel the same way and i think as modern moms we can all say that we've experienced that pressure to do everything all the time for everyone and we do doubt ourselves. We do feel like we don't have time to do this. I'm not doing a good enough job. You know, there's all these other, you know, I'm seeing things online. I'm seeing moms out there doing amazing things. And I'm over here trying to actually remember to put clothes on before I walk out to the grocery store. You know, it's, you, you start to doubt. And so when you have that community and all of those other people, it helps to kind of validate your own experience because there's other people having that experience with you. And what a great community to build for moms. Cause I think we all need that right now. There is no, there, there really, you know, the Stepford moms is just not a thing. Like we're real moms <laughs> and real moms coming together to appreciate the real momness in all of us is awesome. So I think that's, that's a fantastic thing. And honestly, with the pandemic, we are dealing with so much more than we've ever dealt with before, mm -hmm. especially with kids being at home, trying to do school remotely and all of these things that are, they're not something anyone else in, you know, 
past generations has had to deal with. And yet we still compare ourselves to the 1950s moms who had the spotless oh house and the dinner on the yeah. table. And, you know, that that's still the ideal. But why is that the ideal? That's just kind of what's in our head. And I love the moms don't have time to have kids. I mean, we don't. Know that's so <laughs> it's true. We don't have time to have kids. Do we? <laughs> we can't have kids. We're too, we're too busy taking care of the kids. <laughs> I know that Nola and I are also teachers. So we're trying to navigate the virtual learning and you're totally virtual now, right? Nola doing everything online. And oh. Yeah, and I, which is why I, I can I'm, be here. Uh, oh my gosh, in person, but you never know from week to week if we're going to go virtual. So, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot on our plates that it's it is nice to connect up with other moms and not feel like you're different or strange because you don't always have it all together. You know, no. interestingly, there was just this article in the Wall Street Journal by a reporter named Julie Jargon, who I love and follow, um, about this sort of epidemic of loneliness among moms our age, about women mm -hmm. our age, um, yeah. who aren't necessarily finding their people where they are. And I wrote an article about this, like from a, not a reported piece, but like a whole thing on friendship about a, a mom friend, a friend of mine who I passed quickly on the street, who was like, you know, my mom friends, like they're not nice to me or, you know, whatever. These aren't my people. And I'm like, you know, your people aren't necessarily in your class at school. That's like 15 people in the world, mm -hmm. yeah. right? There are thousands of people. Mm -hmm. on, you know, and I feel like if only we harness this the right way, because um, a lot of women want the same things, right? They want to feel understood and be a part of like a nice group of people. It's not so hard, yeah. right? Um, yeah. But it's a question of like finding those people and relating. And that's why I think books are the medium for doing this. Um, because books and, you know, I just interviewed Jacqueline Machard yesterday who said, like, there's nothing better than gossiping over a book, right? Because that's what you have to do is you sort of have to gossip over people to connect. Yeah. <laughs> and books is, that's what books do so well. It's like, no, we don't have the cheerleader to talk about or something, but, you know, <laughs> could we have a character in this book? So I'm hoping that the books that we come out with serve that purpose. I'm hoping that by recommending books, people and having like my virtual book club or whatever that I don't know, at least people I could bring to people uh, together around books because that it's seems like to be high the school, best. isn't it? It's like high school for older, yeah, older ladies like ourselves, and we yeah. can gossip about mm -hmm. the characters like that. Yeah, and people who love to think. I mean, you know, like oh, there's yeah. not always so many opportunities, right? Yeah, like I finished school, all my school, and I was like, well, what? You know, now I'm like on the floor, of my, you know. Like, like I, I still, my brain doesn't shut off because I've chosen to stay home with my kids or I've chosen to pursue this one business, right? Mm -hmm. That requires one skill set. I still want to read or be intellectually stimulated or immersed or whatever. So mm -hmm. um, I feel like just harnessing those, like all that, all that desire and, and, and brain power that we all have. So it is hard for young mo like mothers of young children to be intellectually stimulated. I mean, especially when they're home with their children all the time. So yeah, yeah, books are a great, great outlet for that. I just signed up for your newsletter too before I. Oh, thank you. So, so I'm excited to see all all the news. That's I do. Uh, I do a really bad job promoting my newsletter. Oh. I have to say. So thank you for doing <laughs> that. I can never that. find you the link. Me. I'm like, <laughs> it's so bad. It's just you got so bad. Me. So I yeah. haven't even managed to create a newsletter, so you're yeah. right. The fact that you have one that's not being promoted is still a step better than me. Right, yeah. <laughs> better than us. <laughs> Just haven't gotten there. <laughs> and most of it is like, I'm thinking, I don't know that I have anything that people really want to hear that often. <laughs> so I just 
like, oh, no, I have my, my Facebook page that I do a lot of my news on and I'm not sure what I could add to my newsletter. That would be any different, but oh, I, same way. I feel that way. More things for me to do. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I basically do it. I do it a lot for like, I do have friends who aren't on social media um, or maybe they yeah. want to save everything for when they have time. So I like to have yeah. it even for me, you know, like what articles came out of mom's time to write this week or something. So, yeah. um, I don't know. That's, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I just try every <laughs> week. to. That's the thing. <laughs> Well, what project are you working on like right now? If, if you had to like get off of this podcast and like pick something up and do it, what are you working on? Um, let's see. I will soon be getting my kids from school. Um, <laughs> That's a good project. Yeah. Good project. My, uh, they would appreciate uh, that project. <laughs> you know, I'm always prepping for podcasts that I'm doing. So um, I have a couple of authors that I'm interviewing this week. So I just finished, you know, getting ready for all those. Um, and I have a lot of those the next two days. And um, I'm also doing a lot of early publicity work for my two books that are coming out in April and July, which is so fun. Um, and I got some great test runs with my anthologies, but um, trying to, you know, partner with interesting people and do events that I won't be devastated if they go virtual and things like that. So I'm working on those publicity plans. I'm going to put the final edits on my memoir this weekend because I have to have it in by Tuesday latest so we can have galleys. Uh, so I'm working on those. Um, I have to start my February books list for GMA. That's due in a couple days. And I'm collecting quotes for a roundup I'm doing for Kitty Cork Media about um, people's picks for romance books. Um, I don't know. I'm, uh, yeah. Are you a list maker? How do you keep track of all this? Or does it just float in your Good mind? Question. Do, you keep, do you keep a list? Uh, I get a list when I get really overwhelmed. Okay. So then I often lose my list, but I, <laughs> on Friday I wrote a list and I was like, must do in all caps, you know, with like 10 things. And then this weekend I was like, where is that list? Where is that list? What did I do? So I did enough that I can throw it out and start a new one for today. Um, but yes, I go through my emails and um, I figure out what from all the emails isn't just an email. It's actually like a big thing I have to do. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. I will do that too. I'll make a list like short term, like the top yeah. 10 things I have to yeah. do. And then there's long term stuff. But then I end up losing it too and having to make another one. And then it I don't put the, I can't do the long term. The long term uh -oh. is too strong. I can't cross it out. So I'm not putting it on a list. <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy the crossing out of the items on Me the too. list. That's highly satisfying. So I agree. Yeah. I just I love it. doing that. I'm a post-it note person. So I've got my post-it notes stuck on things with like my list on it. And then I, I love to be able to cross off everything on the post-it note, wad it up and throw it away. Like that's my thing. Peel okay. that post-it note off. That's the best. Throwing away the entire done. note list wow. is really fun yeah, too. That is good. Like, there is something satisfying in doing that. Mm -hmm. So Zibi, <laughs> when you do a daily podcast, I mean, I, I I do a weekly podcast and we do this one monthly, and that's there's a lot that goes into that. How do you manage getting all of those people lined up, getting the you have just the time to get out a daily podcast. How, what's the process there for you? Well, I've had, I've been doing it almost four years now and I have refined the process immensely from when I used to do it all by myself to now having a team. Um, I sell my ads through the ACAST network. So they, um, can you hear that clicking? Is that my yeah. side? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Let me, 
Was it me? Okay. Well, I don't know. Um, sorry if I'm doing something. Okay. I change. I could change my speaker. Um, but wait, now I'm like blanking on the question. What did, what did you just ask? I'm sorry. I got distracted by this clicking. <laughs> for the daily podcast. How do you manage all of the oh, things yes. that go into a daily podcast? Because we know it's 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 a lot to do as infrequently as we do it. Yes. Um, so I'm on the ACAST network and they sell the ads. I have a podcast producer now named Chelsea, who I love. So she, after I record, I upload the files and, uh, to the sound guys, they edit it and then they send the final file to her to upload and put in like the ad markers. I spend a ton of time figuring out who to have on the podcast. So that takes a ton of time because I get pitched tons of books and then, I have to whittle them down to figure out who to put on and make sure I have a, a mix of every element I want mixed up. Um, so that takes the longest. And yeah, I'm going to try. I'm, and I'm always innovating. I'm going to try something new starting in the summer. I'm doing Calendly and I'm only having certain slots as opposed to like constantly being like, how about this? How about that? Um, but Chelsea helps me schedule. And now with the Calendly, it'll be more efficient. Um, I've moved to Calendly too for, for my weekly one. I love yeah. Calendly. That's, yeah. that's I love being able to say this is when I can do it. Pick one. <laughs> yep. So I don't know. That's uh, it's become we have like systems in place. I think having systems makes it much more easier. It does. Now you've got your choice of authors. I'm sure you've got people clamoring, you know, chomping at the bit trying to get onto the podcast. And you've got tons of books that people are going to want recommended um, and put on your lists of things. What? How do you choose? How do you pick which books are going to be the ones that make it onto your recommendation list? And how do you decide, you know, this is the author that I want to, to feature in whether it's the Katie Couric or the GMA or the podcast? How do you determine this is the right fit for me? What are you looking for? That's a really good question. Um, something about it has to really interest me personally. Like I just have to respond to it in some way. And I have to keep saying to myself, like, if I were in a bookstore, would I pick this up? So there's that element. Like, would I really, or, you know, and then there's, is there something really interesting I want to talk to this author about? You know, maybe there's something really fascinating. Maybe they, um, you know, started some amazing company and I'm really curious, like how does a refrigerator company work? I mean, that hasn't happened, but maybe I'm curious about that. So maybe I'll have the person on to talk about that or, um, um, you know, maybe it's a, a point of view I haven't heard before and I'm interested in learning about, you know, some sort of background or maybe it's a format that I find really interesting or a place I want the author to take me. Like maybe I feel like I'm in the mood for Venice and it's a book based in Venice. And I'm like, I'm in the mood for that. So I have to say there's no science to it. I've probably passed on tons of books I should have had on or could have had on. I could have every book. I would I could talk to every author and I would like that. Um, but I really am trying to be true to myself of like, what would I pick up? What would I tell? Like I have a good friend. We always swap books still like, you know, what would I tell Isabel? <laughs> like, what am I really going to tell her that's really good? Um, and I start it, by the way, I read some of it. Like, I, I, if I like the pitch on email, I have the book sent. And then I sit and I go through piles, like once a week. And I read the, I read the beginnings. I flip through it. I see if it's interesting. I see if I want to read more. 
And if I do, I, I, I put it in the yes pile. And then I, you know, then I have a maybe pile and a no pile is like, well, this sounds good, but I don't know. It's not unique enough or I'm just not in the mood. And it's, it, I, it doesn't mean it's a bad book. It's just like this today, this is what I feel like. So I don't know. It's probably. I had a question regarding Zibby books because I thought it was so neat when I got on the site and I looked at your submission guidelines that there's not a list of genres like a mile long. When you're an author and you're submitting to different publishing houses, you see we're taking this genre, we're not taking this genre. And in your submission form, it basically said you were publishing fiction and memoir and you know authentic voices and diverse voices. And as an author, that was like, I don't know, like the heavens opened and the angels were singing. I was like, oh, I'm not going to be excluded because of my genre. So because that <laughs> <laughs> that's how you feel sometimes if you, if you, you get pigeonholed um, and sometimes stories lost. I feel like story gets lost in genre sometimes. It's true. And both of both Nola and I's books are cross genre, so they they go every which way. And it's been hard for us at times to find our niche mm -hmm. because of that. But was that a purposeful thing that you you did with Zibby Books? Was kind of a just have it open to just a good story? Um, I mean, I think yes. Um, we do have some things that we don't want to do. You know, we're not doing like fantasy sci-fi books yeah. really. There are some guiding principles, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what works best. And um, it, it, it's about the writing. A lot of it's about the writing. Mm -hmm. like, we're really looking for great writing. Like, that's so exciting to open up a document and be like, wow, she can write. That's awesome. Or, um, like, I really want that too. Um, and the story usually follows. But I also am, we're commission, commissioning auth books by authors who I think just have interesting stories to tell, who are memoirists. And I, yeah, I'm interested in the stories. Less and so is Lee Newman, part. my co-founder, Lee Newman. <laughs> Do you have particular genres that you like best or that you are you just across the board, you'll read anything that's just um, a story? I like to read a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. um, like today was perfect. I, I had to, I was basically, I spent like 45 minutes with four different books in a row. And I read like an immigration story about the history of the Philippines and like what it's like for one immigrant. It's called Conception by Albert, what's his last name? And then um, uh, Richard Damrosh, Around the World in 80 Books. He's like a compliment professor at Harvard. And I got to learn about all the books through history and like, um, you know, the Lodes Ghetto. And I, I, and then at like this funny mom book called Mom Truths um, by Kat and Nat or Mom something. and. Um, and then a, like short stories by Laura Lippman. And these are all for my podcast, but like what an amazing couple hours I had this morning. I was all over the place in the world, but I was in one place myself. And um, so in the way that I like mixing it up for the podcast, I also like mixing it up for Zibby books. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of the same kind of reader. I jump from book to book to book. And it's like never yeah. gonna finish one of them. <laughs> you don't have to finish. You know, as long as you buy the book, you're supporting the author and the bookstore and whatever. Yes. I always feel guilty when I don't, though, so I'm that person. You know what? No. Okay. No guilt. Good. No guilt. All right. So, Zibby, when you decided to to take that first step into publishing, why did you do it? I mean, what was what was actually kind of like the, the motivation to do that? What What launched you in that direction as opposed to just kind of sticking with the author thing and you know there's enough work to be done when you're an author i mean to publish yeah, and to yeah. do the publicity for your own books but now you've taken on other people's books as well the publishing get them out there what was the catalyst for that 
I mean, I hope it wasn't a mistake, but um, it was because I just kept hearing the same things over and over again from authors. And I had my own experience in, with four, three different publishers, um, but it was more coming from the authors, things that seemed structurally difficult to accomplish because of the way big publishing houses are aggregating through no fault of the people in publishing who are generally great and want all the best for the books. But um, I felt like maybe there was a new way to do things if you started it from scratch in today's world. Um, and I saw how advantageous it could be to be so nimble when the pandemic hit and that I could like pick and choose. And it took everybody a while to sort of catch up and evaluate and whatever. And I was like, no, no, no. Like we, we try, like, I love experimenting and if it doesn't work, switching gears. Like I find that very exciting. And, um, testing things out. And we're doing that now. Um, I also just have had like a few experiences where I'm like, I would love to make this into a book, you know, like maybe I could help. And um, I don't know. Um, I'm just, it's not like it was one of my big dreams. My big dream was always to own a bookstore and it was never to be a publisher, but um, this has all just sort of happened. And I feel like now I'm in the right spot we're having so much fun. I really feel like we're, I, I'm just very excited about what we're setting out to do and the things that we've already been able to accomplish. So. Well, I know you've been interested in a book called Find Your Unicorn Space, right? Is that what Yes. So what would you say is your unicorn space? Is it is it when you're doing the stuff with the publishing house or with your kids? What's, what's your personal unicorn space? Um, this... Connecting with connecting with authors, connecting with, um, and like building this whole thing around it, this community. I, I'm loving this. Um, it's hard for me actually. I'm like working on not doing it so much that I make time for the things that are way more important in my life, like my kids and my husband, um, who I will always, you know, stop everything. But not really if it's a podcast. But you know, I'll, I'll get to them in 20 minutes. Um, you know, it's a balance. It's hard, but I am so energized. Um, yeah, I'm just so energized right now that, yeah, I think this is this is my unicorn space. Sort of building this little thing I'm got going. So. Well, you can tell because you shine through as being very authentic and very joyful in what you're doing. So, oh, good. Because I am. I really am. <laughs> uh -huh. You can't fake that. So I yeah. don't think you can fake that kind of stuff. People people sense that. So it's yeah. like you're really coming from that when you're when you're doing your your uh, stuff. Thank you. That's nice of you. You're welcome. Awesome. Well, Simi, before we let you go, tell us about Princess Charming. You've oh, gone into yes. children's books and Princess Charming just looks adorable. Tell us a little bit about Princess Charming. I'm very excited about Princess Charming. Um, she is a girl who can't seem to find her thing. And then she realizes that her thing is that she never gives up. And uh, she, there's like a little twist at the end. Um, but, you know, she's always trying. Similar to actually what I was saying about experimenting. Like always trying. It's sort of loosely based on my daughter who just couldn't seem to find her thing. And um, everybody had a thing. Why do I not have a thing? Um, I have four kids. And I don't know. It's just like not everybody. You, you know, you do have a thing. You don't ever give up. Like you're amazing. That's a thing in and of itself. And it's going to, by the way, take her farther than probably other people who are like, I'm good at travel soccer when I'm in first grade. So, um, yeah, she's adorable and she's going to have lots of adventures. There's a second Princess Charming book that'll come later. Um, 
yeah, excited for her to join the world. Well, that is super exciting. The wind is picking up over here, so I'm gonna keep muting myself. <laughs> I don't know how much wind you guys are hearing. These palm trees are like. Ooh, I heard that crackling. But I don't know what it was. Hang on, I can't hear you over the wind. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm oh, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> tell, every, tell everybody where oh, we can find you. The wind there. Do you hear the wind? Yeah, I hear it. So okay. Let everybody know where they can find you, and we're going to let you go because I know you are very busy. Okay. Um, they can find me on Instagram at Zibby Owens, Z-I-B-B-Y-O-W-E-N-S, and my podcast is Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, and my website is ZibbyOwens.com. Although it needs some work. <laughs> anyway. Well, Sibby, thank you so much for joining us. Laura, always a pleasure to get to see you again. This has been thank a copywritten you. podcast of Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. And we will see you soon for more BYOB.